Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. The challenge is, if you came in at that low point and you were just buying calls, you could look brilliant. Yeah. Right? But don't confuse brilliance with a bull market. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Today's episode is produced in partnership with FinClub.ai. Trade with confidence and take the guesswork out of trading with FinClub's artificial intelligence platform. Now you can get access to the best AI trading platform on the market for as little as $19 per month. That's almost the price of Netflix. So head on over to FinClub.ai to start your two-week free trial right now. Remember, that's at FinClub.ai. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest online, Rance Mayshek. Now, Rance is the founder and creator at MarketGear.com. He's got a pretty interesting platform that he's built there, and we're going to be talking about that and then some of the other things that he's seeing going on in the marketplace. Rance, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Glad to be here. Really am. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm excited to have you. you you've you've got a, a very extensive background and, and certainly an expert in the field. And I I'm really excited to have you on it and share some of the the wisdom and expertise in your new platform that we're talking about here today with the with the audience. So uh, if you don't mind, could you give uh, maybe a little introduction about yourself and, and who you are and, and how we got together today? Sure, absolutely. So I've been uh, in the uh, the space since the uh, mid '90s uh, and uh, worked with uh, educators back then and. Then um, ended up building a platform that we ended up selling to TD Ameritrade and was actually a part of them for uh, for several years. I became director of options trading at TD Ameritrade. And then what I found was that there were some things that brokerages weren't really doing a great job, in my viewpoint, of providing uh, to customers. It's, uh, the data is there, but how to really absorb it effectively and all that. Um, so what we did was, after I left them, I uh, uh, started building uh, the platform we're talking about a little bit today, really to to visually be able to digest a lot of information, but do it very very quickly. Um, and you know this this age of uh, Twitterverse, right, where everything has to be so quick and succinct and all that. Uh, and there, yet for a company, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of information. And so what we did was we created something that would be able to help people digest that fast, make a decision, be able to move on be able to do things, especially around options. We focus a lot on that to make options easy to understand. Uh, you know, Options can be very complex, uh, very powerful instrument, but at the same time, there's some comp complexity there. We've done some things to distill it down and make it a lot easier to, to work with. And, um, and you know, I think that those are things that we're missing from some of the brokerages. And then one of the other things that, you know, uh, I think that the importance of knowing what you're doing in your trading, knowing what the results are, and like journaling what's happening and tracking through so that you learn what, you know, learn as you're trading, continue to always improve. Um, and, you know, that's what we're really focused on with what we're doing at uh, Market Gear and, and driving uh, kind of better technology for individual investors uh, to be able to take on the markets in today's environment. Okay. Well, that's really cool. So we, we talk a lot about options on this podcast. So you're in the right spot. 
Um, so are you guys talking about buying and selling or, or both or just well, one or so what do you mostly do? I'll tell you that um, uh, mostly it's uh, multi-leg trading. So spread trades, yeah. uh, you know, thing, you know, whether it's time spreads, verticals, you know, it depends on what's going on in the market, you know, uh, even uh, in volatile times, uh, things like straddle strangles coming into earnings, things like that. So it's a wide variety of things and uh, around it. Um, what I would say is... Not so much in just directional options buying, you know, uh, buying just buying calls or buying puts. Um, we're more really looking at um, how to create a multi-leg position based on what your outlook is and what your outcome is with a stock. You mm. know, and that's that I think is uh, one of the most important things about options trading is look at it as it's you're using an options instrument to trade a stock, but you still have to have an opinion of the stock, right? So that might be stagnant to mildly bullish. Well, in yeah. options, you know, you can make money on stagnation, right? You can make money as it's standing still, and then you can skew it to be, you know, stagnant or a little bit bullish, right? So like a, ver a, a diagonalized time spread or something like that. So what we really focus on is helping people visually be able to understand how the trade's going to play out, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, in what range it's going to be profitable in and, and and that's so, uh, you know, but really what we're seeing is a lot in our users, a lot of multi-leg trading to be able to take advantage of whatever their outlook is on a stock. Oh, man, I love that. I mean, my my go-to trade is either buying a stock outright or a put spread, selling a put spread or both. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. like I keep it so simple. And uh, I mean, there was a point in time where and, and iron condors have their place, but it's certainly when I was uh, it certainly was not when I was learning to trade because <laughs> because I decided that iron condors were like the trade, right? It can go up, it can go down, it can stay where it's at and it still makes money. This is the greatest trade ever rants. But then I didn't take into account, like there's this thing called trends, right? And trends give no shits about your uh, iron condor <laughs> go straight through them. Yep. And yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the ways that I paid my wall street tuition was uh, learning about that. So so that's cool. I, I like to hear that when when I when I talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, I just buy like boatloads of uh, YOLO calls. I'm like, OK, well, what time is it? What, what time are you going to blow up your account? You know, right. it's it's always swinging for the fences. And and in, in if as soon as you strike out one too many times, you get wiped out with uh, that yeah. type of approach. Right. It's it's a dangerous way to go. Um, and and what's I think even more dangerous about that is like what's happening right now, where we're at right this minute in the market. If you look at what's happened since March, you know, we've seen a massive increase. There's been about a 30% increase year over year in options volume um, this year. And it's sustained from uh, from this. It, it started picking up even in before uh, COVID back in January. We saw it up about 20%. Then we saw, you know. Uh, March actions happen. And then from that, we've seen a lot of people coming in. The challenge is if you came in at that low point and you were just buying calls, you could look brilliant. Yeah. Right. But don't confuse brilliance with a bull market because right now we're no longer in that exact same kind of run. Right. And so we're, we're seeing a little bit of an adjustment shift. And, and, and actually, I'd, I'd love to share some stats with you because I, oh, I think sure. there's some telltale sign coming up. But you look at this and you see people coming in and doing that type of, uh, you know, massive bull run. They're buying calls. They made all this money. They think they're brilliant at what they're doing. And then they walk right into 
an adjustment in the market and get their head handed to them. And uh, that's that's a thing I've, I, I think it's so important to understand this instrument. This instrument of options is so incredibly powerful. Um, you can literally trade in about any market condition you want to, but you have to use the right tool, the right setups, the right option strategies for what the market's giving you. And uh, and you know, you mentioned the put spreads. I love doing put spreads where you're doing those put spreads below support level exactly. on a stock, and you know, taking a nice little premium on it, and uh, you know, being able to uh, to turn around a decent return in that. But you got to make sure you're watching because again, if it goes against you, a put spread can. You know, you, you know, you could be at a five to one or maybe even a higher risk reward ratio. And so if it goes against you, and you don't act, you get your, you know, again, it's an expensive uh, uh, piece. So you want to make sure to to act on it and, and do what you need to do to get out of those that aren't working uh, and can, you know, ride those that are. So it, that that makes, yes, you're totally right. I was, I was uh, teaching somebody about put spreads the other day and I'm like, this is a great strategy. It is proven proven mathematically to work and you put it below support as you were talking about like i use a lot of back tested uh trend lines whenever i'm putting this on it sounds like you and i have similar trading styles and uh i was like but no that i'm handing you a hot grenade here right if you don't take care of this it will blow out your account and faster than you even want it to so yeah i i i, I have learned to respect the risk of that but you know, there's there's this. Uh, I, I heard a couple of stories. One of them was this uh, this person who I think he must have bought long calls at the March low, like you were talking about, and he was killing it. And he was killing it so well that he had made like nine hundred thousand dollars off of a handful of thousands of dollars. And so he started mortgaging his house, taking out second mortgages and things like that to to leverage up. And the next thing he knows, like the market stopped going up. And then he was just left with nothing. Like his account went from nearly a million dollars to zero in a matter of weeks. And he wanted to blame Robinhood for it. <laughs> he was like, this is Robinhood's fault. They, they should have fixed this. Well, it's you like, know, yeah, that, uh, the, 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 right. I know you, you, this is, uh, I saw some support questions on the forum from Robinhood. And, and one of them was, you know, if I buy a stock and I don't like I don't like it. Can I return it? Yeah. Uh, you know, those What's kind of things. Period? It just shows you. So, but again, you know, Robinhood is one, they've done a good job of casting this huge net and, and they've had a lot of people come in and they're advertising on the simplicity. But the reality is their simplicity, I think, is not an, it's, it's, there's a difference between making the complex easy. Uh, are simple. That's what we focus on. Uh, there's another thing in providing a small amount of information and calling that simple. And I think that's a little bit of, you know, if you know what you're doing and you want to do that, that's fine. Robin Hood's, uh, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, a great uh, one, one of the great ones out there you can work with, but be careful with what the technology is providing you, because I think it doesn't give you enough of a picture and, and, you know, end up with something like that, you know, but you can't blame your broker because you made, uh, you, you know, you, made some uh, some bad moves because uh you were uh you know all starry-eyed about the results you were getting yeah. from march right and then you walk into what's happened in the last few weeks you know and uh and one of the things about buying options and you know yes it would have been a great move to do in a little bit but the thing about buying a call option is that there's time premium and volatility premium in that so what has to happen and i know you know this too it has to move basically more than the market quote, thinks it's going to move based on the current option pricing in order for you to make money. Because right. it, you know, the, that time decay and that uh, potential volatility decay um, is going to pull premium out of those. And, you know, when you do spreads, as you know, you, you're basically buying and selling. So you reduce the impact of those 
uh, you know, of time and volatility. But, uh, uh, you know, I've had so many people that have said, you know, I, I bought the stock, it, I bought the option on it, it went, it, I, I thought it was going to go up, it went up, and I still didn't make money. Um, right. And, and I know you've seen those happen as well. And so, again, it's just it's an incredible instrument uh, to use. You can use it to, to hedge large portfolios. You, if you're small, you can you know, if you've got a small account, you can use it to leverage up to be able to get, uh, you know, build your account up to a, a, a you know, to that nine hundred thousand. But you start to get yeah. up to a certain point. You got to start operating differently and how you're going to treat those options. Uh, and and that's something I think a lot of people miss. And I think it's so important for people like you that are helping to get that message out there about what you can do with them and to be able to do it in an educated and safer way. Right. You know, using spreads, I think, is by far the the best way to trade. And that's just my opinion. Um, because like, for example, the, the when I was teaching this person how to trade, I was like, look, you can buy two shares of Microsoft and it'll cost you like 400 bucks. Or you can sell a put spread on Microsoft, like five, six dollars wide, something like that, still risking about the same $400 in margin, but your return could be, I don't know, let's call it $100 on a $5 wide spread, right? So Microsoft would have to go up $50 in your two shares that you bought in order to get the same dollar return as it would by just selling one put spread. It just makes life so much easier. Higher returns, higher probability of profit, um, and, and, and overall, I think a, a much better strategy once you know how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like if, uh, if you were handing me the keys to a, a Formula One race car and I was like, sweet, I can't wait to drive this thing, but I have literally no idea what all the buttons on the steering wheel do, all these buttons on all sides of me. And it's like, yes, you can drive it, but you probably need, I don't know, 10, several hundred hours worth of education just yes. to make sure you can like put it in gear and not, you know, crash it immediately. So, and that's, that's, yeah. you know, I think that's a great analogy. And I think that, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, options are throwing the, you know, the keys to the, you know, to the sports car to somebody that hasn't really learned how to drive yet. That's yeah. a really, really dangerous thing. And, and uh, you know, the thing is, it's not, it's, it's not really hard. It, it's just, it's different than just buying stock and hope it goes up. And so you just need to understand the instrument, you know, yeah. and you mentioned Microsoft, which is trading at like, you know, a little bit over $200, you know, you take something like an Amazon, which, you know, on the COVID front has been, you know, has benefited from, from this. Right. And, you know, there's, you know, there are several stocks that I found, uh, you know, the, the work at home, play at home, uh, uh, you know, entertain yourself at home type of, type of thing, you know, the, the stocks that would benefit from that. And, uh, uh, certainly Amazon was one of those. And the thing is, though, it's a $3,000 stock. And a, a lot of times people can't even go into something like that. Right. So, you know, I mean, one of the questions I, I hear quite often is, you know, do you, any, you know any good stocks under $5? Well, no, there's a reason why they're under $5. Right? That's what I was exactly thinking. There's a yeah. reason they're under $5. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why not trade something that's a solid company like the Apples of the world or the, you know, or Amazons or whatever that, you know, now Apple's since split. So it's a little bit more reasonable, but, um, but, you know, at a $3,000 stock, you can go into this with options, especially if you do a spread at a really uh, yes. cost effective approach. And it, you only have to see a relatively small movement in Amazon to really have it pay off in, you know, literally in a potential double. If, if you're like at a bull call spread a little bit out of the money, let it ride. You know, there's you can make some really strong returns with it. But again, you got to know what you're doing. And if things start to move against you, be quicker to be able to to adjust. But one of the other things I like about options is that 
what you started with doesn't mean that that's where you have to end up, right? If you started out okay. with, let's say, a, a you know, a bull put spread for this month and we see this correction happening, you could potentially roll that out, make an adjustment to it and and still be okay if it's, you know, moved against you a little bit right now, uh, still be okay uh, in this because of how you can adjust it. And that's uh, one of the great things I think about options. But you, you got to be quick to move if things are not going the way you want. And uh, you need to make sure, and this is one of the big ones, you have to make sure you understand your risk when you get into these. You know, somebody going out and selling uh, naked puts into this run-up, well, and then you get this kind of a, you know, an adjustment that we're seeing right now, that could be a real challenge. Right? It could so, hurt real bad, yeah. I don't do anything bad. naked at all whatsoever. Yeah, never, never. And honestly, because it's, first off, you're taking 20% of the, the price of the stock and margin. Or you could just buy the other leg and and, and, and have done. a finite risk because yeah. that twenty percent in margin isn't your risk. That's only no. what the broker's well making you put yeah. up. But it can go way past that, right? But if you buy that other put, you've now limited your cost and you've you've uh, put a floor in what your risk is yeah. in the trade. So absolutely a better way to go. Plus, you, know, you can you can actually do like return on uh, risk or return on investment calculations on that, right? What's right. your return on a naked put, right? It doesn't. It doesn't compute. You yeah, know, people... return on cash is one thing, but that's not return on risk. And you know, as we both know, you can lose more than the cash <laughs> hold on that, right? It, uh, and so, yeah, it, it's a lot. It's a lot more challenging to do. And that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't understand is uh, that they come into it and they don't. They're not educated enough on it, and then they do things like that and they take on the risk. Uh, oh, I only had to put up twenty percent of the uh, stock price to do it, yeah. and they're not really aware of the, uh, you know, what the ultimate risk could be, right? Right. So, you know, so, so let's talk. I, I was just going to say, I know you mentioned before the show about talking about some of the uh, the options, um, uh, details or, or activity or things that you're noticing out in the marketplace right now. What are you seeing out there? Well, th this is real interesting. So one of the things that we do um, with uh, options data is uh, prior to the triple witching Friday, which last Friday was one of those, right? So prior to the triple witching Friday, we start to look at the options volume but we take out the triple witching Friday volume, right? Because that's people are closing out positions to frequently roll to others or move out, right? So I don't want to see what the triple witching is. I want to see what people were doing beyond that as they're coming into that triple witching Friday to see where they're putting it out further. And by the way, while we've seen a 30% increase in options volume this year, it's still over half of the volume is still driven by institutions. And institutions are the ones really working those triple witchings and rolling out and moving positions. And so we wanted to see that. So it was interesting here. We look back in March when the market was down um, and the VIX was really, really high, you started to see a lot more put activity um, at the bottom, right? Coming into the bottom, because what if you have high high implied volatility, which was off the charts in March, and you see excessive put activity, it generally t kind of tends to bring in a bottom, right? Because it's people are like, okay, they're insuring this, they're not gonna, it's not gonna go lower than this. We had the high VIX. There, uh, in some cases, there's, you know, whether it's selling or buying, it's a little bit uh, harder to tell. Uh, I mean, there's ways to get into that. But what we're looking at is just the overall what's happening here. So then you saw this high VIX um, and this heavier put volume uh, tends to show a bottom and it did. Uh, then we come into March, which was uh, really balanced on the call volume and put volume. I'm sorry, March, I'm sorry, June. The June was really pretty balanced and it, and it 
you know, that it didn't really change much of the trend. Uh, things just kind of kept going as it was going, which is, again, a balanced is going to show you that it wasn't skewed one way or the other. So then we look at this last one, and then we see a couple things happening. Number one, when you see VIX relatively low, the volatility index relatively low, and you see more put buying, it's more of a, a, a prep for, for a potential downside, right? It's, it's it, the, the lower volatility and um, you start to see that increase or skewing up of put activity uh, tends to indicate um, uncertainty, uh, and usually it's followed by climbing in the in the VIX, right? So, uh, and what we're seeing right now is as people are, you know, we're going into now October, which is always interesting, you know, can be interesting months, right? What we've seen, but then from that into an election, we have potentially another. Uh, you know, another in, I don't want to say another wave. I'll say second wave because I don't think we're out of the first yet, but you know, more of a wave in this, uh, uh, with COVID, uh, coming, uh, we have an election that more and more looks like it's going to be contested one way or the other. Right. And, and so, and that's never, you know, how's the market going to react to that? I don't know. I haven't seen a, uh, you know, that type of a thing happen around an election in my lifetime, at least. Um, so, but what we're seeing is preparation for a downward move. So mm-hmm. I, I I am a little bit um, cautious right now. I'd say I'm not saying I'm not in the market. I am in but shorter leash, and mm-hmm. I'm making sure I've got on the downside to find risk, and quite honestly, prepped for taking advantage of a downside. Which again, one of the things about options that you can you know, can make money on Absolutely. those on those bear moves. So that's what we're seeing right now is preparation for a more of a downturn. Now we've seen a little bit of an adjustment in the markets, you know, mm-hmm. last a uh, uh, little bit here, but um, uh, the level of activity we're seeing on it, I, I think there's a, a potentially uh, deeper dive yet to come um, oh, really? as we come into the uh, uh, the election time and uh, the end of the, the year here. So um, I, I'm a little bit concerned about what that's going to do uh, for the broad market. And at the same time, as an options trader, uh, just watching for how we're going to take advantage of the of the move when it happens. So Yeah. Um, who was it? My... I have I've done successfully well trading bull and bear moves, uh, but in the last couple of weeks, I I was caught long with some gap downs that I was not planning on, and that you know it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, you know right now I'm looking at these candles, and and it's funny you can look at any chart, right? And and when they're they're bullish candles, they're little bitty tiny candles as they go up. Then when they're bearish candles, they're six times as big, right, all the way down. <laughs> And so that's what I'm seeing right now, right? We have these big gap moves. We're seeing these big candles. And I'm like, you know what? This could be a repeat of March all over again, or it could just fizzle out. But uh, right now, I'm an, I'm in total total cash since last week and just hanging out, just waiting on opportunities to, uh, to arrive. And as you and I both know, there's no point in forcing trades when you can just kind of work with them and let, let them show you the direction they're going to go. Yeah. You know, and so, so for me personally, I'm about 30% cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a fairly large portfolio of uh, positions still in the market, but what we've been doing is we've been, you know, picking up some puts. Um, you know, one of the things that's actually kind of interesting is, you, you know, you talk about a, a, you can do a bear put spread mm-hmm. on uh, overlaid on a stock position and the difference is that now instead of buying a put, which can be pretty expensive in times of uncertainty, right, uh, as your floor, as your kind of insurance policy, uh, and so what you do is you'll buy it out of the money, right? So mm-hmm. you'll get a little bit cheaper put, but now you're taking on some some risk there. Well, by doing a put spread, you're you're basically protecting 
closer to where the current action is, but not for catastrophic, right? Because mm -hmm. it could go past your put spread and now you're still on the stock, so you still have that downside move. But that's one that I've been doing a little bit here is, is some put spreads against my long positions to uh, buffer against the potential uh, correction. And we keep those fairly inexpensive by instead of just buying the puts, doing the spread, uh, you know, to, to help cover that. So, it, you know, it, it doesn't cover catastrophic uh, uh, market, but it covers uh, it covers very nicely uh, a pullback in the market. So that's, yeah, that's that one of the things sense. that I've been doing right now uh, to, to protect from that a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, but but yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, you know, definitely positioning for taking advantage of whatever move is established right you know mm -hmm. whatever's going on i think the hardest market to, to trade is the shifting sands right where things are flip-flopping around right you yeah could, i can trade bull bear stagnant vol but it's it's when it's that shift that has to you have to watch which we saw a couple weeks ago where you know a little bit of a, a shift happened but we haven't really established a, a specific direction or trend right now so i'm with you i've definitely got a, a, a bit more than usual in cash but uh hang in here looking for the opportunity and what I am in, I'm doing more of a job of protecting. So. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned before the show, and I want to really talk about it, how journaling makes oh, a yes. huge difference to you. Yes. I'm a huge believer in that. In fact, uh, one of the things I do is I have a spreadsheet and I feel like you and I are kindred spirits. I, I list out literally every single trade I make, every stock, every put, um, whatever, the quantity I make, the price I got in, the price I got out, the price of the stock when I got in, the price of the stock when I got out. And then I keep track of the ROI on that particular, uh, on that particular trade, on that particular uh, month. Um, in fact, I have a, it's basically a pivot table and it shows um, my stocks that I've traded versus the strategies I've traded. So I can tell you exactly, you know, TLT long stock or something like that has been my best trade this year. I'm going to focus more on TLT long stock or something right. like that. You know, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, it's, it's real unfortunate that the vast majority of people don't do that part of their due diligence and their trading. Right. And, and Chris, the fact that you're doing that in a spreadsheet is, uh, you know, trying to get people to, to, to really follow up and always track is, is challenging. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're at an active day, even for you, it's like you have to kind of go catch up with it. Right. So, yeah. So one of the things we did in Market Gear was we actually auto journal and we auto, uh, uh, th there's quite a bit around it, around the, the journaling part that we've made automatic. But uh, one of them is, for example, we identify what the strategy was. So mm -hmm. we identify about 70 different option strategies, plus you can name it whatever you want and, and all that. Um, and we tag it with that. But then, you know, what I tell people to do is there's four things that you should track in your uh, in, in journaling. And we do it just by simply tagging because then you get tag reports and you can know what tags are performing what way, right? So one of them is what's the strategy you're doing, right? Which we auto identify, uh, but whether it's long stock or whether it's a, you know, a, a you know, that bull put or, uh, you know, some other uh, options position uh, to know what the strategy is. Uh, number two is know why, uh, wh how you found the stock, right? So how you found mm -hmm. it. And number three is why you're trading it, right? Those are two, you know, the, uh, you found it from watching, uh, you know, mad money on CNBC. Uh, uh, and, and then, okay, well, what was it about that, that, you know, what are you trying to take advantage of in this thing? So why are you trading it? And then the fourth one, and this one I think is also really important to, for people to do and, and is missed a lot is what is your exit strategy? Right. And then, and then when you get out, did you follow that strategy? Mm -hmm. Right. So you decide up front what your, what your exit strategy is. And then did you follow your discipline? Right? And with those four things, uh, 
you know, how you found it, uh, why you're trading it, uh, you know, and, and what they, you know, what they were and what your exit um, strategy is. And you track that over some time, you'll find that uh, you'll, you'll distill down really quick what's working for you and what's not. And if all you do is just do more of what is, like you were just talking about, right? Do more of what is working and less of what's not, you're already going to improve. But yep. then you can take what you're what you're doing. In fact, one of the things that, you know, we have virtual account capability in here. One of the things that we um, uh, suggest people do that are still learning and mastering strategies is trade your real trade and then throw another one on a different way, maybe more aggressive or different approach or whatever in your virtual and compete with yourself, right? The virtual oh, is no that, risk, right? Use that idea. as a learning like opportunity. And then in our journal, you can, you can literally see side by side um, how those are, are working out. And so if something's not working real well for you, stop doing it. Maybe then move that to a virtual, still try to work and, and get better at it and then bring that back into your, your primary trading thing. But being able to look at, okay, you know, because I'll tell you that bull puts have worked out super well for, for me uh, as well. You know, doing the uh, out of the money credit spreads um, has worked out incredibly well. And, you know, you can see the your your rate there, how you're doing on it, uh, the, the number of trades, average time in trade and all that. And know how it's playing out. And then we also you mentioned the spreadsheet thing, which is awesome. But one of the things about us is we have a few different visual things on how you know how you're trading against the S and P 500. Um, oh yeah, you know, things like that. Um, what your length of time in trade is, because what we find is that a lot of times you know if you do it by by number of days, uh, and we separate out options and stock for this. Um, and you look at number of days and you'll see a fall off, right? You'll, the profitability. And then what people do is think trades don't go well and they stay in them too long. And then mm -hmm. they, you know, that, that you get past that sweet spot in your trading time, you start to see most of those are losses. Well, if you see that visually, if you see right there that, look, if I'm holding them longer than I'm supposed to, and it usually doesn't work out for me, it just reinforces the importance of if, uh, you know, if the trend breaks, if something, you know, if, if your rule to get out was if the trend breaks, get out of this or if, but breaks a support level on that and that vertical uh, uh, credit vertical get out, and you start doing that, and you start to see how that improves what your results are. So journaling and is out of all the things I've seen that we brought this feature in, and we brought it in uh, a couple of years ago, um, actually like three years ago now. The 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 response we've had for it's been huge because um, that re just that reason it's, it becomes it makes it very very apparent what's working for you and what's not. And you look at that, you know, and and you get that analysis and you just operate from just, you know, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I'll tell you a personal experience with it. I didn't know my straddles weren't working, right? Because ah. straddles coming into earnings, right? And you, mm -hmm. you know, buy it before the implied goes up too much and buy more time than you're going to be in. So you don't have as much time decay, right? All these rules. Well, what wasn't working for me and, um, you know, but I had these great wins. Right. But, you know, you have these little little losses, but those little losses were beating my my uh, my strong wins. And so it get, I saw that and I, I changed my approach. It was had to do with my time, how long before I was getting in and uh, some some things around that. Um, also, making sure my implied was lower. I was getting in a little bit too rich sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. So and again, because you can go back and look at this trade by trade, you can you can actually take a trade you did and throw it into a back test and see oh, yeah. day by day how it performed. Um, and so you can get a really good post-trade analysis of uh, of it and be able to uh, come up with you know what would have been a better approach and how should you have done this. And uh, so journaling is just an incredibly important tool. And uh, you know anybody that any institutional trader that I've ever worked with, talked with, uh, 
they don't necessarily call it journaling because they have other accounting things that they're doing with that, but it's mm -hmm. still the same thing. They have yeah. an account of, uh, you know, accounting of what they're doing and, um, and adjust that accordingly. Floor trading firms I've, I've worked with, um, same thing uh, with that. You know, they're they're tracking what people were, you know, how things are working, and they're adjusting how they're approaching things based on what their results are, right? So, you know, it's a it's a way it works. If you're running a business, you're gonna find out. You know, if you're running a restaurant, what dishes you're selling, which ones aren't. Get rid of the yeah. ones that aren't working, right? You know, and exactly. the same thing here in your trading, right? You get so and and without the data, you have no way of doing that. So I think it's an incredibly important tool. Um, and you know, whether you do it from a spreadsheet, whether you do it from a platform that does it for you as part of the thing, it, it, it doesn't matter, uh, other than the, the problem with the spreadsheet is I'm, I'm sure, you know, you have to be pretty disciplined to stay up with that. Right. Right. And, uh, uh and, but if you do it, uh, you know, the, the return on, on that investment of time can be invaluable in the insight that you get in your own trading and your own approach. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I've written a short guide on how you can use the triple stock profit system. It's the secret weapon every investor needs right now to change your financial future. And you can get it for free by visiting triplestockprofits.com or in the links below. Also, if you want to join a community of traders just like you, you can get free access to the elite membership that has even more resources to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Well, Rance, I got to let you go. I feel right. like we could do this for another two hours or so. So I want to have you back on because I, I think you and I are just scraping the, the tip of the iceberg here. So make That's sure you guys head like, on over. I've really you. enjoyed our, our, our chat here and a little bit in the preach. I, I, this is, uh, I really would like to connect with you. I think that we have a, a, a nice alignment of some of our approach for sure. I agree. Yeah, for sure. So, so really, thank you for your time. And I'm going to tell everybody to head on over to marketgear.com where uh, Rance is the founder and creator. And you can learn more about his product and hopefully integrate that into your trading plan uh, going forward. So, so Rance, I really appreciate your time. Sorry, I got to run. I got another podcast to do. It's, uh, it's one right. of those days. Thanks very much. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful on. problem to have. So, All right. We'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Rance. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks Options Pod. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.